everybody. Welcome back to the Blackboard Film Podcast. My name is Mitch Ensman, and I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope your bellies were full and the naps were great because we have quite the show for you today. I had the pleasure of chatting with Neil Needleman about his film, The Last Night Standing, which is a phenomenal film. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Also, if you stick around after the interview, I have some podcast news that I've been wanting to share with you. So without further ado, let's go to the interview. Who is Neil? Like, who are you as a filmmaker? Well, um, I like to say I learned filmmaking on the streets of Brooklyn, but never took a production course or anything like that. I was interested in film history and aesthetics and kind of minored in art history and music history in college. Began shooting eight millimeter film pretty early on in my life and graduated to Super 8. Until we entered the digital world, doing my own thing, following my own lead, exploring areas that were interested, interesting for me. At the same time, raising a family and having a whole other life as a professional creative person working for advertising and marketing agencies in the New York metropolitan area. Could you say that Brooklyn has kind of inspired you to become like a filmmaker? Or like have you, uh, has like living in New York City um, like inspired any projects that you've done? Yes, because that's uh, some of my work is very family-based and that's where my, my mishpucha was, my family. I'm using each word there. And they certainly influenced and appeared in a lot of my early works, whether they knew it or not. <laughs> and uh, But there are many, many other influences, but that is where I grew up, that where I went to college, Brooklyn College, and thought that I might live in New York City all my life until uh, I decided otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can, you can take the boy out of Brooklyn, but you can't take the Brooklyn out of the boy. Eh? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> so I, I was noticing on your um, website that you're not only just a, like a filmmaker, you make patterns, which I'm... I I see in, behind you right now, you make patterns yep. and sculptures and stuff. Yeah. So how did you um, kind of uh, shift from like uh, filmmaking to that? Yeah, I'm not sure so much it's a shift, it's being interested in the way visuals affect me and exploring things that I enjoy doing. That's an important part of this. If I didn't like doing any of this, I wouldn't do it. And just finding out, hey, I kind of really enjoy exploring other things visually, kind of either with patterns or kind of sculptural projects, various kinds of what I'll call installations for lack of any other word, except the only place they managed to get installed is in my own house. <laughs> 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 to me, they're all part of the same thing, an interest in, 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 in the way visuals strike me and, and what I enjoy doing. But I have been more and more kind of sculptural-ish kinds of things and less video in the last couple of years. But that doesn't mean that I like anything more or less. It's just sort of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you meshed it together in a, in a sense. Yeah, and in some of the videos, I use some of my um, other visual work in my videos in, in some way or another. So let's talk about Last Night Standing. How did it come about? I noticed that it was kind of like a, a passion project for you in a sense, like you were kind of connected to her. Every project I work on is a passion project. If the passion wasn't there, why bother? After all, mm -hmm. this first and foremost for myself is a way of saying something, making some kind of statement, at least to myself, from myself, but hopefully others will see it. So Last Night Standing is actually part of a series of, of works that I've done with my cherished friend Herb Rogoff, who appears in it and whose artwork you see in it. And it's part of the same series that Blackbird started showing um, back, I think, with the first Blackbird Film Festival when they showed two landscapes. That's Herb you see in it and mm. his artwork on camera. And then I believe was... How, how many Blackbirds have there been now? Three, four? There's... Um... 
About, I would say about four or five. Four or five. So I've been in a few of them. I was very honored when Blackbird showed um, um, scenes from a visit a couple of years ago, and that was also uh, with with my friend Herb, um, appearing in it, playing pretty much himself. It's a slightly fictionalized version of his own real-life story. An artist who is at a certain point in life where life is getting tougher because he's getting older and his health and his circumstances are not as good as they had once been and things have taken dramatic turns. And that's further um, dramatized or emphasized and portrayed in Last Night Standing. It is very close to Herb's real life. He is pretty much playing himself in that, as he did in Scenes from a Visit. So these are, you know, really inspired by what I see around me and what my friends are going through. Would you say there's kind of like a, a message um, being portrayed from Last Night Standing? One message could be derived from it is that um, life takes unexpected twists and turns that you don't, uh, perhaps you should Hard to plan for, but um, old age can be a bitch. <laughs> As Herb is experiencing, he never thought his life would end up like this, and here he is. Pretty much like you see in Last Night Standing, um, living in an, uh, an independent living place, having uh, had a very bad hip uh, break and not fully recovered and dealing with family issues. And now on top of it all, kind of being locked in his room because of the current uh, coronavirus uh, crisis. Not being able to paint again because of uh, physical restraints now. And being at that stage in life that you reach, um, if you're lucky enough, or if you live long enough, you see that uh, so many of your friends are gone. Like last night standing, the last one around. And that's something a lot of people experience. I mean, it's, certainly true in his life now and I also threw in a couple of facts from my father's life and my uncle's life in there because they were members of a lodge a Jewish lodge just like I portray in the, in the video so it's a mishmash of things but uh, very heavily derived from what, what my friend is going through was he able to dance with his granddaughter at, his, at her wedding or did that not happen just yet I, I did want to give it a kind of upbeat ish ending mm -hmm. that's something that is a bit fictitious um, Okay. <laughs> uh, but I did want to, to end on a more up note um, that he's looking forward to something in the future. Unfortunately, the reality is a little more grim right now, but I did want to leave the audience and, and myself with a feeling of optimism. And even, even for Herb, I wanted him to feel like there are still things to look forward to and to accomplish, like walking again. Do you have any uh, future projects that you're working on right now? Well, I'm always working on something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine a time when I'm not working on something. Uh, you know, being sort of um, locked down for the last um, couple of months with what's going on, um, I've had certainly more time to devote to some creative projects that may have waited. It turned out a few interesting, to me, interesting videos in the last couple of weeks that are up on my website, on my Vimeo page, and on my YouTube channel. So there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. at any one point, you know. Sleepless nights yeah. and long days without work are, are being put to usually good use. That's good to hear, you know. Yeah. You're uh, taking this time to keep going. Now it's part of the interview where I like to do this thing called Fast Facts of Filmmakers, where I ask generic questions about like your favorites, like your favorite movies and things like that. So let's kick it off with what is your favorite movie genre? My favorite movie genre? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite genre. I have some representative favorite films that I, that people ask me questions like that, like, what's your favorite movie? Usually the first thing I'll say is Touch of Evil, you know, <laughs> or anything by Orson Welles or, you know, anything by uh, Ernie Gere and How Hollis Frampton, because my background is more in um, experimental avant-garde underground films rather than movie production. 
Okay. <laughs> so in that aspect, do you have like a favorite actor or actress? Um, sometimes blurt out just again as a kind of representative slice of people I like. I'll say Rod Steiger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should say that like Rod Steiger would say, say Rod Steiger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is your favorite movie snack? Favorite movie snack? Yeah. Something other than popcorn? You know, I worked in a lot of movie theaters in my time, and the smell of popcorn is so entwined with movie watching. Before the uh, coronavirus crisis hit, um, I was inviting friends and relatives over to the house for um, old and obscure movie nights. And we'd go to old VHS tapes or DVDs that I have and uh, uh, watch movies that I thought were worth seeing by a greater audience that were unappreciated at the time they came out. We were always serving popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's one. You might have to go back in the memory banks. What was the first movie that you saw in theaters or? Um, I can't remember um, the very first movie. I, saw. I mean, I, I watch TV all the time, you know, mm -hmm. in front of the tube and there were certainly always movies on TV and whatnot. I can, I can tell you for a fact that with my son, who's now in his 40s, um, um, the first movie I remember taking to in a theater was um, a revival of uh, Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> myself, I can't remember. I remember as a kid living in Brooklyn, going to movie theaters by myself or with my friends, unsupervised by adults and seeing what, you know, and the movies that we liked to see at the time, going to a theater with James Bond movies, you know, the original ones with Sean Connery. I mean, I very vivid memories of, of, of walking home from the local movie theater after seeing a James Bond movie and just sort of looking around, seeing if there were enemy spies around me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever find any? Oh, they're here. They're all around <laughs> us. <laughs> they're recording this conversation. Well, yeah, I must be an enemy spy then. <laughs> um, so would you say you have a guilty pleasure movie at all or a guilty pleasure like TV show or something you just like kick back and you just need to watch sometimes? It's funny because um, these days uh, my only connection is via the internet and using Roku and not paying for anything above and beyond what my Roku thing costs. So um, and mm -hmm. the internet connection. So I'm really not at all up on anything contemporary. Um, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything either. So I, I, we're constantly dipping back in time. Um, it's part of trying to be as eclectic as possible. So I look mm -hmm. at culture and contemporary things, um, usually for, for the very end, you know. I don't usually catch up to any of those things until they're no longer current. Um, guilty pleasure, okay. Guilty pleasure TV show, Green Acres. There you go. <laughs> talking about if I say Green Acres? I've heard of it, I don't think I've seen it. It was I'm sort sorry. of an offshoot of the Beverly Hillbillies, which was probably more popular, but it's a wonderful, incredible, almost surreal TV show with, which was done back in the 60s in the back to nature kind of a back to the rural kind of craze, which I think we'll have a revival of after um, after the way the cities are being treated now by the disease and lockdowns and everything. Uh, so that's kind of a guilty pleasure. So those were some fantastic uh, fast facts about you, Neil. And I just also want to take the time now to thank you personally for being a part of the podcast. It's a new adventure we're going on, and I'm glad you're one of the first to uh, take the journey with us. I'm one of the first. Oh, my God. I'm pioneer. Yeah, you're a pioneer. <laughs> one of the first. Yeah, you're one of the first pioneers. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. I don't get to speak too often about my things, uh, my my videos or whatnot. So uh, 
just if, if you want to know what I'm up to, just look at my uh, YouTube channel or my Vimeo page and, or my website. That's the best way to keep in touch, <laughs> to see what I'm doing. I personally want to thank Neil Needleman for sitting down with me and chatting about his film, The Last Night Standing. I think it was a fantastic film, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And as promised, I have some news for you guys. You guys might not know this, but this podcast is going to be a seasonal podcast. So that being said, we have another four more episodes in store for you guys for this current season. Also, I wanted to share with you guys that now you can listen to our uh, podcast on iTunes and their podcast uh, platform. That's it. That's all the news. That's all she wrote. So please follow us on Instagram at Blackbird Film Podcast, where we post all our social media content, as well as all the episodes and episode links. Until next time, so long.